Isaiah chapter number 50. Did you ever have a secret that you couldn't wait to tell somebody? Did you ever have a joke that you couldn't wait to tell somebody? Did you ever receive something that you were excited about that you couldn't wait to show somebody? I'm about to show you a verse, and that's the way I feel about it. I, first of all, I look at it, and I think of the, I've, I've read the Bible through many dozens of times, and uh, can't believe I've never noticed this statement before. But I, I want to share it with you and uh, just share a few thoughts tonight. You may need it tonight. Somebody here may need this right now. I promise you this, if you're saved, you will need it at some point. All right, so look at uh, verse number 10, Isaiah 50. Verse number 10, would you read it out loud with me? Ready? Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak speak to us tonight. Open our eyes to see some things, Lord, tonight. I just want to be an blessing and encouragement to to our people, Lord, our, our core people and our hardworking people, people that have given themselves today and yesterday and sacrificed, and uh, you have blessed, and I thank you for that. But I pray that you'd give us this verse tonight. If someone here needs this tonight, I pray that you would help it to sink down deep into their heart. Lord, if we don't necessarily need this tonight, I pray that you'd help us to store it away and I pray that your spirit would bring it to mind when we get to the place when we do need it. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to notice, first of all, in this verse, the invitation. I love it that he says, who is among you? It's as if the prophet is standing before a crowd of God's people saying, hey, who's out there that needs what I'm about to say? This is a whosoever invitation. I love that God says whosoever. Because you know what that means? It means anybody. It doesn't mean whosoever within the elect. It means whosoever. Whosoever. And I love the word whosoever. And here it says, who is among you? Now, this promise is not to the whole world. This one is to God's people. So it's an invitation. Who is among you? Then I want you to notice the qualifications of this invitation. Who is among you that number one feareth the Lord? Now you can say you fear the Lord, but really your lifestyle proves whether or not you fear the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord, that means you don't respect him. That means that you're not, you don't understand what he could do if he wanted to. And we're not supposed to live afraid of God, but at the same time, we need to live with the understanding that he could stop you from breathing if he chose to. Maybe my favorite illustration of fearing the Lord I heard several years ago from a preacher who said, you know, when I was a boy, he said, I was scared to death of my father because I knew if I got in trouble, he was going to beat the fire out of me. So I was scared. I feared my dad. He said, but there came a day when I really, my father wasn't going to beat me anymore, and I knew it. 
But I loved him and admired him so much that I was afraid to break his heart. I was afraid to disappoint. I didn't want him to be disappointed in me. And he said, the truth is, the pull of that desire to not break my father's heart was even stronger than the pull of, oh man, if I get caught, I'm going to get beaten. And he said, so uh, that's really how I picture the fear of God. This was a, a veteran preacher. That's how I picture the fear of the Lord. Yes, I know what he could do to me, but even more than that, he's my father and I love him and it would hurt me to break his heart. Are you submitted to the Lord? Do you live your life in submission to the Lord? Now, he doesn't ask that for you to get under conviction, but just to see, do you qualify for this invitation? If the answer is no, that's your business, but this is not for you. Who is among you that feareth the Lord and that obeyeth the voice of his servant? So the first qualification is submission to the Lord. The the second qualification is submitted to his messenger. That was a big thing in the days of the prophets. Because when a man stood up and said, thus saith the Lord, it was up to you to distinguish whether or not he was a man of God. There were plenty of people that stood up and said, thus saith the Lord. The Bible gives us tons of examples of people who stood up and said, thus saith the Lord, that were charlatans. They were not speaking in the Lord's name. They were not, God did not give them a message. They were not called of the Lord. And as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, that when God calls a man, he magnifies a man, meaning He puts his seal of approval upon him so that people will know, oh, this is somebody I should listen to because when he speaks, he speaks the word of the Lord. And if your heart is in such a place that you blow off the messenger, this promise isn't for you. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to, I don't need to hear that. Um, I don't need to read anybody's book. I don't need to hear anybody's podcasts. I don't need to to, uh, go to special meetings. This isn't for you. But if you're in a place where you say, man, I need all the preachers I can get from people. No, hey, there's plenty of preachers that I'm not going to read. I'm not going to waste my time. But preachers that know God, that's why I'm constantly telling you about uh, this this preacher recommended this this writer to me. Well, I'm going to get those writers. Why? Because if it helped him, it'll help me. that's, That's the recommendation I'm looking for. You ought to read everything you can get your hands on by men of God, especially men of God who are recommended by men of God who have God's seal upon them. So, the invitation is to God's people. Who among you? Who is there among you? That's tonight with this group here. Who is among you? That's later on when the message is different, but this invitation still stands. Who is among you? that fear the Lord, and you obey the voice of God's servant. Now, here's here's the specific invitation. This is where it gets specific. This is what this invitation is about. And this is what, though I've read this verse scores of times, probably hundreds of times before, I never noticed the turn here. 
I guess maybe I was flying through a little bit and didn't notice the turn. He goes from somebody who is among God's people, who is fearing the Lord, who is obeying the voice of the Lord's servants, and then he turns into a negative. And he says, who walks in darkness and hath no light. You believe like you're supposed to believe. You do what you're supposed to do. You're living like you're supposed to live. But today, you're walking in darkness. Now, if you've never walked in darkness, the Bible talks in the New Testament about lost people walking in darkness. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking to God's people. God's people who fear the Lord. God's people who obey the voice of the Lord's servant. So let's not talk about being lost. Let's talk about Christian people who find themselves walking in darkness. And I bet if I asked, I'm not going to do it, but I bet three quarters of this crowd would lift their hand and say, yep, been there. Walking in darkness. Now, I think I should remind you. If you find yourself walking in darkness and it's because you've left the fear of the Lord, that's on you. And this verse is not for you. If you find yourself walking in darkness because you have closed your ears to God's messengers, that's on you. And this verse is not for you. But if you say in all sincerity, no, God knows my heart. Don't forget when you assess these things, God knows your heart. You're not going to fake God out. God knows my heart. I'm one of his people. I fear the Lord. I live the fear of the Lord. And I obey the voice of his messengers. And yet I find myself walking in a place of darkness and I have no light. What does that mean? Right now in your life, you just you have questions with no answers and you can't find the answers. Right now in your life, you have a pressing need, a pressing longing, a pressing, maybe a pressing emptiness that you just can't find the way to have it filled. Who walketh in darkness and hath no light. First of all, is it encouraging to know that there's somebody in the Bible, a major prophet in the Bible? Isaiah is one of the big boys who's identifying with us a little bit. I'm, man, I don't know what that feels like. Isaiah is identifying. You'll have a hard time finding a prophet in the Bible or major Bible character who didn't know at some point what that felt. John the Baptist knew what it felt like. As he sits in prison and hears of the reports of Jesus' ministry, and he sends his messengers, and I bet he was embarrassed to death to even ask the question. You know, I spent my ministry saying, he's here, he's here, this is him. Could you go and ask him for confirmation? Are you him? Because i got to tell you, I didn't expect to be locked up when he got here. I didn't expect my ministry to be over. I know I said he must increase, but I must decrease. But I didn't expect to be on the shelf when the Messiah showed up. Jeremiah 
knew what it meant to walk in darkness. Jeremiah said, I preached the word and it came back and bit me. I wasn't expecting that. Boy, I remember the days when Josiah was king and that was great, man. We were having revival. I was a young preacher. It was awesome. Now I preach and it gets me locked up. Now I preach and I spend 24 hours in stocks out where the public can mock me. Now I preach and everybody thinks I'm the bad guy. He said, God's word deceived me. That's a pretty heavy charge. God's word deceived me. So I decided, he said, that I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to open a little bed and breakfast. He said, I didn't get very far. Because the word of God was shut up within me as a fire in my bones. But look, you don't get to that place of, I'm quitting, unless you've walked in darkness. Look, at I mean, Elijah, after one of the most famous miracles in the Bible, he travels to Mount Sinai, he finds a cave. And read it carefully, when God comes to Elijah, it sends his angel... You know, we always talk about that still, small voice. Do you know when that still, small voice came? Do you know what Elijah did? It says he wrapped his garment around his face. He was pulling a little five-year-old thing of, ah! That was the second time in the sermon that I've stuck my fingers in my ears. That's a weird thing because you can't hear yourself. That's Elijah. First Kings 19, one of the darkest episodes in any prophet's life or any Bible character's life. He walked in darkness. Oh, we go on and on with the Bible, chapter, uh, Bible examples. That's not really my intent. But isn't it good to know that when a child of God is doing his best and fearing the Lord and serving the Lord and, and listening to God's messenger... And saying, listen, I, I, I can sincerely say, no, I'm not perfect, but I can sincerely say, my heart is right. And yet I'm in darkness. I can find no light. I can find no light. You think back to days, I can tell stories. I'm not going to take the time to tell you the stories. That's not the point. I can tell you the stories of periods in my life where I could find no light. And you start to wonder, boy, is it going to be like this forever? Am I ever going to have the joy of the Lord again? Am I ever going to have the peace of God again? Sometimes it's a prolonged darkness. Sometimes it just lasts one afternoon. Or one wee hours of the morning, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. You wake up and you realize, my joy is completely gone. Where to go? I'm not living in sin. I didn't do anything to violate my faith. But all I know is despair right now. And and listen, when despair hits you, it can hit you heavy. My people. Who is among you? Who is among you? That fears the Lord and you're obeying the voice of my messengers, but you're walking in darkness 
and you have no light. He says, here's your solution. Here's the great thing. God doesn't wave a magic wand to deliver you. Oh, he may do that sometimes, but that's not his modus operandi. God gives you a way out, and then you have to act on it. You have to take the initiative to get yourself out. So what's, what's the solution? Number one, he says, trust the Lord. Let him trust in the Lord. Now, I know there's another word in there, but I'm going to get to that. That's a separate concept, I think. The first thing I want to emphasize is the solution. How to get out of that place of walking in darkness. Number one, trust the Lord. And that is a heart decision. It is a heart decision to say, and, and boy, that's, I mean, that's basically what I preached this morning. I am not going to fear the circumstances. I am going to trust the Lord. And when we live in fear, we do the opposite. I am not going to trust the Lord. I am because I'm too fearful of the circumstances. Well, he says if you're walking in darkness, step number one, you've got to make a conscious decision to trust the Lord. You know, okay, so, so I flip a switch, but I don't feel trust. All right, then take it to your knees. Take it to your knees. God, I trust you. I don't feel it, but I trust you. Maybe it, to get to that place where you actually feel that trust, go through a checklist in your mind. Do I trust you with my family? Do I trust you with my marriage? Do I trust you with my family? Do I trust you with my finances? Do I trust you with my health? And don't forget, you're fear of the Lord, you're obeying his messenger, so you're being honest and sincere, and as you go down the checklist, maybe you come to some area where you really have to admit to yourself, I don't trust God to take care of this. I don't trust him to take care of this. I have, I'm holding on to this one. It's time to let go. Man, I almost want to merge into another message that, that I'm working on, but it's based on, uh, and we're going to talk about it on a Wednesday night, I think this Wednesday night, uh, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Boy, there's a tremendous truth in there. But I want to stay on this one here. But Do you trust him? What makes me think the things I fret about? I'll only tell you what I'm fretting about right this minute. Can I tell you what I'm fretting about right this minute? Last night I pulled into the, back into the driveway, 11 o'clock or so. And I was driving the windows down. Summertime, I drive the windows down and the music up. That's, I'm sorry. If, you, if you're one of my neighbors, you're used to it. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it ain't not that. It's got a little more of a sound to it. But, um, but that's how I drive in the summertime. I just, I, I love, you know, I, I just love, it's not obnoxious. It's just, I hope it's not. I don't care if it's not, if it is. But uh, I, I just, I, it's, it's one of my simple pleasures. So as I'm pulling up to the driveway and I'm about to back in, I'm backing up and I'm putting the window up. I can do that. I mean, I'm, I'm adept at that. And I got in. And I came to a, and I wanted to hear the rest of this song. So I'm putting in park 
And I don't remember, Eric, I don't remember if I still had my finger on the button or not. But all of a sudden I heard, poof! I mean, I really thought I'd gotten shot at. I'm not kidding you. It scared me. I was like, Ugh! It felt like I, it sounded like I'd gotten shot at. But I'm parked next to a stone wall this high. There's no way a bullet could, could have gotten from anybody to there. Unless there are snipers up in the trees. I don't know. But. So I sat. My heart's beating fast. I sat there for a minute. I looked over, and I realized I had had my finger on the button to put the window up, and the window's not up. Did the window get shot out? I'm looking around. There's no glass, okay? I don't know what happened inside that door. All I know is that I went inside, got a garbage bag, put it over the opening, and, and uh, left it there. Today, all day, I've been driving. This is the new, the red van. I've been driving all day with the window down, which isn't too bad. But here's the problem. Tuesday, the teenagers are going. The teenagers went to youth conference. Tuesday, as part of the youth conference trip, we're going to Great Adventure. Whoa! Not only can they not drive that distance with that window not there, but once we get there, they, we can't park in that parking lot with the window down. So, what are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I told you I was going to tell you what I'm fretting about. That's what I'm fretting about right this minute. Here's what I know. God's man's, God's teenagers, he's got a solution. So I've got a decision to make. And there's no darkness attached to this. I'm just talking about trusting the Lord. I've got a decision to make. Am I going to freak out, panic? God, why do you always do this to me? That's not fair. It's your van. It's your teenagers. It's your church. Or am I going to say, uh, show me the way, please, Lord, because I have no idea what we're going to do. I've got one day to get this thing fixed. Show me what to do. That's what I've got to do. When you trust in the Lord, you seek the Lord, say, show me the way. Anybody know us how to take a van door apart? I'm here. Um, that's how you need to handle every situation. And that's not a major problem. They don't have to go to Six Flags, right? That's not a major problem. <laughs> the, the whole section just went, <sighs> but that's not a major problem. But these are the little annoying things of life that we have to deal with. I've got to find out. Now, here's the thing. I don't have to fret about that if God's on the job. Can I trust him to step in and show me the way? He always does. God knows how to show me the way. And that's what I'm at even at 48 years old. I haven't learned yet totally. God has a solution and he knows how to show it to me. First step, trust in the Lord. That's a hard decision. The second two won't be as, as, as long. But number two, trust in the name of the Lord. What does that mean? It means know who God is and trust him based upon who he is. That's not a heart decision. That is a spiritual education. The name of the Lord is the person of the Lord, the character of the Lord, the reputation of the Lord. I said this morning somewhere, church, Sunday school, I don't remember, but most believers are bored to read about God. Shame on us. And that's why when we as American Christians are rightly accused of being shallow, that's why. Because we know more 
we know more about the 17 Republican candidates running for office. And we should know about that, but we know more about them than we do about God and who he is. We know more about our favorite actors and actresses than we do about God. Shame on us. Shame on us. And we're more entertained. Boy, I saw this thing. That, boy, I saw this thing about uh, so-and-so. You know, this, oh, that, that you know, the, the one who starred in this or that or the other thing. Boy. And incidentally, when, when you watch the biographies of, of these people that act in, before you, you find out really what trashy lives they live. Wow. Didn't realize this dude was such a creep. But why can't we be interested and intrigued to know who God is? Are you educating yourself spiritually every day? Boy, that makes my hair hurt. Why? To learn about the name of the Lord? Why? You're not going to like heaven very much. It's going to be all about Jesus. And it, it, ought to, it ought to bother all of our hearts if we don't care to learn more about the person of God. Trust the Lord, trust the name of the Lord. And then I absolutely love this last phrase. And stay upon his God. Oh, I love that. Do you know where else that phrase is used in conjunction with trusting the Lord? Isaiah 26, 3, which I've preached on numerous times. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. There's a connection between trusting and staying on the Lord. Stay on the Lord. That's, the first was a spiritual decision. The second, I'm sorry, a heart decision. The second is spiritual education. That is a constant relationship. Stayed on the Lord. Are you stayed on the Lord. Now, let's go back and apply this quickly, and we're two minutes. Let's go back and apply this quickly to walking in darkness. Walking in darkness, and you can find no light. And I can tell you this from, from personal experience, and many of you could too, that the problem of being in that darkness is that you can find no light. Where's God? I still believe in Him, I know I'm His child. But where is he? And what he's saying here is when you can't find God, when you can't find your way, just keep trusting him, trusting in his name, and just stay there. Stay there. Stay there with God. Stay there with God. You know, when I went through one of my greatest darknesses in life and I mean I can't even begin to describe the darkness nothing nothing satisfied not I mean I was disgusted with with westerns I always got time for a good western you know what I mean or I always got an appetite for it I don't have time for it nothing I don't want to see it not sports radio not Rush Limbaugh I had no appetite for anything The only thing that helped me through the darkness 
was the truths of God. Now, it didn't, it didn't remove the darkness. It helped me exist for a while. And I took my phone and tuned into a couple of different Christian radio stations around the country and listened to the music, listened to the Bible teaching. I got to be honest, even, you know, some, some Christian wife program would come on. It had nothing to do with me, but it was about God. And it helped me in the darkness. I'm saying when you're in the darkness, stay on the Lord. Stay on the Lord. Those magazines ain't going to help you. Those talk shows ain't going to help you. Those psychology books aren't going to help you. Those feel-good books ain't going to help you. Joel Osteen ain't going to help you. Stay on the Lord. Read that out loud with me together. We'll be all finished. Is this a magnificent verse or what? Ready? Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Thank you, Lord, for such a wonderful promise. Lord, I hope that not a lot of folks here, in fact, I hope no one here is in the darkness today, but We all get there from time to time. And we get there because you know that we need to be there a little bit. It's a faith tester. Job said, I go forward, but I can't find him. Backwards, I can't find him. I look to the left or right, but he knoweth the way that I take. Job knew all about the darkness. And a whole lot of folks in this room do too. Those times where we just can't seem to find our way we can't find a light and i pray that you'd help us lord to trust in the name of the lord and stay upon our god until the light breaks through please let's stand together tonight the piano plays the altar's open what a wonderful bible promise tonight i hope you'll mark it down i hope you'll maybe write it out somewhere in a place where it'll help you again in the future You're not going to find the perfect will of God for your life without some darkness.